This is the Sports Best Program brought to you in part by Andrew Keller's Cheery Disposition. We are the only sports show on the internet that combines the niceness of Ted Lasso with the effects of a bad rash. I'm Larry Olson. I once survived a week's stay at a Jinshu retreat, and he is the one and only aforementioned Andrew Keller. Lots of sports this week, Andrew Keller. Lots of sports. Lots of sports. We were playing golf last weekend, and our intern gave me the phrase that pays, and he said, every time you say it on the show, I'll pay you five bucks. I forgot what the number was. I don't remember the phrase that pays, and that makes me really sad. <laughs> That's so great. I had one thing so to great. do. That is so great. What is we weren't even fra- drinking that heavily. I wasn't. No, oh, no, I was drinking, but I wasn't drinking that heavily, as you said. <laughs> well, we are we are pre-recording this, but if you're listening, uh, please call in and give me the phrase that pays. The much-anticipated NFL season has finally kicked off. Last Thursday, we had a little taster, and uh, all the games are in. And uh, just kind of a a quick recap of what we learned from week one. And uh, the biggest thing I took away is that the Cowboys hype machine is still in full effect. (laughs) The most stories I saw over the weekend or just throughout this whole process is that we're excited that the Cowboys, even though they lost, they didn't lose by a lot. Dak Prescott looked pretty good. But, like, have you ever seen a more celebrated loss in week one than the Cowboys? Everything the Cowboys do is important. Win or lose. Uh, it's very important. I think one of the most promising things is Jameis Winston uh, yeah. really just, like, picking up where Drew Brees left off. He's uh, the NFL leader with five touchdown passes over the weekend. And... um Maybe Aaron Rodgers is over it. He's he's uh he's cashing it in. Do you have you he's saying he has he's it's just one week and we'll we'll get over it. Everyone calm down. But uh what do you think? Does Aaron Rodgers do anything of consequence for the rest of the year? I don't really know where to start with the Packers Saints game. Do we start with the Saints getting Jameis Winston and picking off with Drew Brees? Do we leave with AA Aaron laying a turd on the field? Or do we start with Drew Brees's hair? In the studio show, man, I, this guy with this, it's like a chia pet. It was one day, it was one way on Thursday, then it was another day on Sunday. And if you're Drew Brees and your former team goes out and kicks a little A on the first game that you're not there, are you like, oh man, they don't even need me no more. I wish they would have kept it like, don't you feel a little like, oh, I wish they'd have played it a little worse. Uh, I bet you there's deep down somewhere he'll never admit that he uh, wishes it did a little worse, but also it's kind of, it's kind of fun being like, hey, I built a system that works and uh, they're continuing along with the tradition. So there's maybe that. I don't know. OK, so now I don't know if I'm rooting for or against AA Ron to turn this around or not. I don't know if I want this, the boat to sink or I want him to turn it around. I'm I have yet to determine. Well, I know your favorite thing is good content. I think the best story would be somehow the Packers trade him. And then he takes another team the distance. I mean, that's the story. I, I would love to see AAA Ron go the distance with another team at this point, but that's just me. You know, my favorite statistic of the uh, week one of the NFL season what? with the Raiders win on Monday night, every team in the AFC West and NFC West is one and oh. That has never happened before. AFC West, NFC West, every team is one and oh. Yeah, it's it's a testament to the NFC West. We got to there's some, it's stacked 
as they say. And then every time we talk about divisions, back to the Cowboys, if we will, why are they in the NFC East? What about Dallas is the East? <sighs> I love that you're lobbying this. The NFC North, 0 for 4. Yeah, well. 0 for 4. You know, I'm not even doing my favorite statistics. My favorite statistics is a boy. We've got his poster hanging on the wall. Patrick Mahomes is now 11-0 in September with 35 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in the month of September. Well, that's why he gets paid the big bucks and owns part of a baseball team. If you can go 11-0 in September, you too can own a baseball team. Did you get a chance? You know, it's, it's total me. It's like to, total my life. Sunday, literally gone from 9.30 until 7 o'clock at night. Like, didn't have one chance to sit on the couch and watch football. I did watch, like, a late part of the Sunday night game. Yeah. But at that point, the Rams already had it in hand. So I was like, this sucks. Not one minute. Not one minute. That's the hardest. You have a hard life, Larry, and that's what people really need to know. <laughs> they need to take away from this. That's true. That's a good point. Thank you for bringing that. Yeah. Well, if you had Clay Helton as the first major coach to get fired in college football, you will win your fired coach pool. Clay Helton, he beat San Jose State as coach of USC. Then they lost badly to Stanford 42-28 and apparently got clipped two games into the season. I don't understand this firing. Like I understand like there's a lot of backroom deals or very important people at USC are smoking cigars and don't want to be embarrassed by their bad football team. But does it seem like they had an itchy finger to fire him after just two games? Yeah, it seems pretty quick, but maybe it also seems like they want to get ahead of trying to find who the next head coach is rather than waiting. I don't know. They can. It doesn't make sense. I mean, his buyout's about $12 million, and I guess yeah. in the realm of college football, I don't know how much $12 million buyout matters. I remember Notre Dame had this stretch where they were firing people. Charlie Weiss got a pretty hefty buyout for a hefty man. But I don't know. The, one of the biggest things that kind of popped up, and who knows how it'll play out, but everyone's like, ooh, Urban Meyer. He did real bad in Jacksonville. They got smoked by the Texans. Maybe he'll go to USC. That makes more sense for him to kind of go back. And he has a bit of a Nick Saban um, persona to be able to just, like, jump ship, which, I mean, Nick Saban hasn't jumped around since Alabama, but he was a little – he was dancey for a while. So maybe Urban Meyer's the next Nick Saban. So if you're a head major football coach or you're a leader, you're going to take some heat, especially if you're the football coach at USC, you're going to take heat, but whatever. He lasted six years. I do love if you, the one thing, if I read some articles about this, about the clay held, he was like the nicest guy in the whole wide world. And I love the fact you get fired after your second game. And then they go like, here's a check for $12 million on your way out. Here's a buy. Like, Hey, that's a happy ending. I don't remember the timeline. Was he the head coach that took over instead of Ed filibuster Orgeron or because Ed Orgeron wanted to stay at USC and then they, he was the interim head coach and then they, they didn't want him and he went to LSU. I don't know. If they, he was so the it was, it was um, Lane Kiffin got that job. Ed Orgeron did not. Then when uh, Lane Kiffin left, I think Sarkeesian or one of those two. Oh yeah. Clay Sarkeesian got, the, got fired because he was drunk. That's right. And they literally say this. The only reason Clay Helton was ever coach is because Steve Sarkeesian got drunk on a plane. Oh, which is also a good song. Getting drunk <laughs> on a plane. Baby. <laughs> well, sticking with football, we knew this was coming and it did not disappoint. The Mannings oh. had their alternative oh. simulcast. And oh. it, even with some bugs, I mean, Eli's oh. uh, mic dropped out for a little bit, but they had a. Uh, 
Isn't oh. it good? Good content. Um, oh. Like just telling stories. My, I saw one that Eli was kind of asking Peyton what he used to do when a, a play came in that he didn't want. He would just like put his hands up next to his ears. I can't hear you. I can't <laughs> hear you. And then he just call his own play. <laughs> like I don't like what you're saying. I'm just gonna pretend like I, I can't hear you. They had uh, big names come through: Charles Barkley, Ray Lewis, Travis Kelsey, and Russell Wilson all stopped by. I thought this was great, and it kind of makes sense because the normalization of Zoom or whatever it is makes this very easy for them to produce. Like you can bring anyone. Like you don't have to fly these guys into studio, and that's how you can have Russell Wilson jump in on a Monday because he's already done playing. This is great. Well, so. So, like, if you're ABC and you own ESPN and ABC, so they play the game on ABC, they play the game on ESPN, right? And there's no other – every single sports fan essentially is watching this game. So what do you do with ESPN 2? It, like, makes perfect sense because nobody's going to watch women's tennis while the Monday Night Football is going on. So they might as well do this. And, you know, watching this, the only thing I realized, like, there's so much lag time in football. You might as well have some – screwballs just sitting there talking while the game's going on right and they they have such a good dynamic and they kind of have yeah. natural charisma anyway and then i guess to your abc point if you're disney maybe we'll see them put it on disney plus we'll get hannah montana calling color and yes. uh, that would be great yeah i wonder yeah can they fill enough time i i, I as this good you know can we do 17 weeks of this that's the hard thing i didn't watch the donald trump commentary of the boxing but that was my biggest question mark the fact that I didn't see any stories pop up about it, he was probably very average. That's my guess. I don't know the contract situation, but I wonder if they went to Peyton and Eli were like, hey, let's try this and if it works, keep going. Or like, no, 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 you got to sign up for 17, 18 weeks of this stuff. No, they, they're, the deal is 10 games a season for three years. Oh, okay. All right. But, I mean, if it's wildly successful, they can always, I bet you there's ways to bump it up. And it seems well, listen, like it's on track for that. I'm your average sports fan, and I tuned in. They got me, so they got my eyeballs. Yeah, the guy who's so busy, they got. They got me. I got home at 8.30 o'clock, and I watched it. Your San Francisco Giants, Andrew Keller, becoming the first team in baseball to clinch a postseason spot. They beat the Padres 9-1, so they were at least guaranteed a wild card spot. After finishing 29-31 and during the pandemic-shortened season last year, Giants have turned things around under manager Gabe Kapler. They were predicted only to win 75 games this year by Las Vegas. They are currently 94 and 15, 94 and 50. And as of this taping, they have 18 games remaining. They're in a dogfight with the Dodgers who have the second best record in baseball to win the NL West. I listen, I live in San Francisco. This uh, I've been taunting people for a while that they're going to suck forever. So I guess it sucks for me that they're now good. But they're back. Yeah, they're on top of your Dodgers. Did you put any money on uh, the Giants going over under? That would be against my lifelong Dodger pact to put money anyway, either or on the Giants. You can't bet against the Giants? I have just decided to remain uh, in neutral territory when it comes to my hometown and baseball. Oh. I saw this story that, speaking of putting money on it, this guy last week put a uh, Fort. 14 game parlay, pick the under on all of them. $10 won 80 grand. That's a Larry Olson bet if I've ever heard of one. Damn it. You know what? And seriously, I wish you don't tell me these stories because it makes me just want to keep doing this. It's like you and Kirk. It's like, I'm a underdog. 
I couldn't, makes me- I couldn't do the under on everything. It's like taking a true false test. And if you do like five trues in a row, like it just mentally feels weird. Like it, you can't have them all be true. So that's kind of crazy. Well, I think you could do it, but then you can't watch the games. Cause like you just got to bet the under yeah. and then not watch any game. Like that's it. Go out and do something different. One other baseball story that I thought was great that uh, we didn't talk about before the show. Shohei Otani hit his Shohei. 24th home run of the season. Did you see that? Man, is that, that good? good? That was his third home run as a starting pitcher this season. Good stuff. The seems 44 seems like a lot. 44. Yeah, that's good. We'll call that okay. good. Yeah, yeah. Put that in the good category. Yeah. So enough of baseball. Moving on to the PGA. Patrick yes. Cantlay was voted the number one player of the year ahead of John Ram, who is ranked number one. And uh, I like to complain about Major League Baseball and their weird traditions of voting people into the Hall of Fame, but I didn't realize the PGA does not release vote totals or how many players voted. Like, what a shroud of secrecy. Like, why? I don't trust Cantlay. I'm, I'm saying voter fraud. John Ram yeah. should have won. Here's my question about Patrick Cantlay, and I'm going to address it to you. He was voted the Tour Player of the Year in golf. Yeah. If you walk down the street no. in, uh, like, like La Brea with, for 10 minutes next to John Rom, how many people, no, not John Rom, uh, next to Patrick Cannelly. You know what? La Brea is a bad example because he Either. went to UCLA. Uh, let's go to Arizona. You walk down the streets of Scottsdale. You know, a bad example because there's lots of sports people in Arizona. You walk through. Jupiter, Florida. No, bad example. <laughs> uh, no, no. Salt Lake City. You walk through Salt Lake, downtown Salt Lake City with Patrick Cantlay for 10 minutes, how many people would recognize him? I'd say zero. That's what I'd say, too. I'd say if I walked down the street of Salt Lake City with Jameis Winston, people, <laughs> I'd get three. <laughs> no, dude, because he's a big, tall, black guy. People are going to be like, I, I always do that. Big, tall, black guy. It's like, hey, you did that. Yeah. No, no, man, I'm just a whatever. I think it's an NBA player is the hardest person to walk down the street with without getting noticed. I was yeah. at a bar in Santa Monica and Chris Bosch walked in and his God. presence just eclipsed everything that was going on. I was like, the Bostrich. The, the Bostrich. <laughs> Here's the last thing about Patrick Cantlay. He's dating a model slashed pharmacist. <laughs> He's literally dating this gal, Nikki Gudish, who's listed as a model slash pharmacist. She's not relying on her good looks. She's got the brains. And, the and lastly, Patrick Cantlay. 5'10 white guy from Southern California. Do you know any of those other guys? By the way, went to Servite five minutes from where I grew up in Whittier. Do you know anybody else like that? No. (laughs) Okay. There will not be a calendar year Grand Slam in men's tennis as Novik Djokovic loses in the finals of the U.S. Open to Daniel Medvedev. The big Russian said, uh, paid tribute to the dead fish celebration. I don't know if you saw this, Andrew Keller. After the match, it did the famous dead fish celebration. After he won, it's from the video game FIFA. Uh, and then he said, Russians, you know, know how to celebrate. Hopefully, I will not get the news. <laughs> Jokovic had been 27-0 and 0 in Grand Slams and then loses in the U.S. Open. I'm sure you were sad. I wanted to see it. The last person to do it, as you remember, Rod Laver in 1969. He won Four of the Grand Slams, all four in the same year. He also did it in 1962. The last person to technically do it, Steffi Graf in 1988. Sorry for you, Joker. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. It was, uh, I thought it was kind of cool that Rod Laver was there. He was yeah! maybe doing it in front of him. Rod Laver kind of, I, I, I'm curious if you think this is trolling or not. Rod Laver went to Twitter and he said, to win your first grand, glam, to win your first Grand Slam title is always special. To do it against a champion like Djokovic is something else. Take heart, Novak. The quest continues. Best wishes. I don't know if he's got some of that, uh, uh, Drew Brees feeling it's like oh he still can't get it or the uh, the 72 Dolphins like yes! is he popping champagne is is was, or or did he want to see it did he want to see did he want to pass the torch to someone else I was totally thinking that were they was he popping champagne in in the uh, bowels of the U.S. Open Tennis Center probably Rod Laver <laughs> Rod Laver's pretty old I don't know if he's he should be drinking at that age he might fall and break a hip I go for it next year, Joker. That's my thing. Just go for it next year. Right. Go for it. Cause as we know, tennis, uh, you can play for a long, long time. Um, one of my dreams in life are you like everyone kind of thinks about if you had a genie and you could make a wish, what would you do? And I, I don't know if it'd be with tennis or golf, but I would love to qualify for an open, win it, and then never play the sport again. <laughs> that is one Just of my dreams. Because everyone would always be like, remember that guy came out of nowhere? So we kind of were not super surprised because she made it to the finals. But uh, British tennis player Emma Raducanu uh, went from qualifying to winning the U.S. Open women's singles. She went from ranked 150th in the world, and uh, today she's ranked 23rd. She had to win three qualifying games to get in or matches to get in and then seven main draw events. She did not drop a set and she's the first woman to do that since Serena Williams in 2014. So I don't know if she's the future of tennis or this was a, a blip in the radar and uh, maybe she'll start paying her dues to make her way to the top. But this is a crazy story and I would love for her to never play tennis again. It does sort of sound like an episode of Ted Lasso at some particular point. Yeah, I will. Me and the boys were sitting on the couch watching her match, and I'd never heard of her, seen her, whatever. And she just doesn't look like a Brit. I mean, I could see that she was for Brit because they had a little English flag, but I was like, <laughs> she does not look like what I think of when I think of an English person. She didn't have long, snaggly teeth and have a correct a cup of she tea not, on the yeah, baseline. She was drinking tea while she uh, was like, she was playing against another teenager in the finals. You know, there's all sorts of bad stories, but these two, like, kind of, it was just great to see, like, young teenagers battling on this big stage. It was really, it was just fun. It was fun. Yeah. One of the things that uh, she had was, like, this this um, childish love of the game that the crowd yeah. kind of latched onto, and she was just fun yeah. to watch because she was having a good time. And uh, so, yeah, I hope she's, well, selfishly, I hope she never plays again because she'll <laughs> she'll live out my dream. But outside of that, uh, she seems like a fun person to continue watching. So hopefully she sticks around and, and stays at the top of tennis and we get to see her in multiple Grand Slam finals. Okay, so I love to ask you questions on the show that you can't answer, but I'm going to do it. She was 123rd ranked last week before or whatever before this tournament. She's now whatever. How much more money did she make in a week? week? So she was worth $50,000 last week. Next week, she's worth what? I mean, I don't think you can put a number on that because it's just what, what endorsement deals can she sign? I, once again, I'm asking you questions you can't answer, but I think it's fun to ask anyways. Yeah. 
Well, well as so I you use, gotta give me the answer. As I use Google, the total prize money for the U.S. Open is thirty-six million. Oh, it was two thousand sixteen. I was trying to get a quick answer on what her like <laughs> monetary, like what's hitting her bank account, but uh, I didn't get it. One quick blip story: the uh, the Met Gala happened over the weekend, and Russell Wilson's wife Sierra wore a ridiculous dress <laughs> that was uh, uh, it was ridiculous. What are they, the Seahawks colors and the number three? And uh, they talked about it a little bit when Russell Wilson was on the uh, the uh, simulcast with the Mannings. Something that stood out to me is I always think of Tom Brady and Giselle being at this thing, and I was like, why was it happening now? The Met Gala is normally the first Monday in May, and so I'm I'm guessing because of COVID they did it a little bit later. But the Met Gala is not for me. That's not somewhere you'll you'll find me. Well, I would love to go, and if you have if the Met is listening, please send the invite to Larry Olson at Yahoo.com. Oh boy. Well, before the show, I got a tattoo that said, I love Larry Olson. Hey, is there any chance tattoo is the word? Did you said that? You get, is it tattoo? Tattoo? I think it was manifestation. I think that was the word that would have got you uh, Manifestation. Anyway, Jake Paul, YouTuber, polarizing figure, has said, because Woodley is not going to get a tattoo that says, I love Jake Paul. He won't give him a rematch. He's going to set his sight on other thing, other opponents. Um, this Triller boxing thing came out of the gate real hot and had big draws. The, the quality of fights is starting to fall off. Uh, Holyfield lost pretty, pretty quickly with a knockout. And I don't know if, do we still care about Jake Paul in boxing? Well, here's here's something that I've recently, well, over the last 15 years, I've learned playing golf with uh, uh, the intern and my other friend, Shane. Like the last thing you ever want to do in life is welch on bets because you know why? The betting gods would just are gonna come after you and hound you. Like I want out of a bet as soon as I can. Like they made a bet to both get tattoos that they lost. The dude lost, he's not getting the tattoo. Yeah. Well, in the ring after the first loss, he's like, I'll give you a rematch if you get I love Jake Paul tattooed. And he said, yes, he didn't go do it. I don't like I don't like the look of either of these guys. So uh, <laughs> don't ask. I'm not going to ask someone to get I love Andrew Keller tattooed. That's I don't want that out there. Under what scenario are we playing like tetherball for a I heart Larry or I have Andrew on our butt tattoo? I'm in. I'm not playing for tattoos under any circumstance. It's not something no, I'm going to be doing. You're no fun. I'm not. I think the phrase that pays is haberdashery. I think that's it. You just got five dollars from Uncle Kirk. Yeah, the phrase that pays. This is Sports Best. We'll see you on the next episode.